Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 228. We have now done as many episodes as the number 228 massacre, an anti-government uprising in Taiwan, violently suppressed on 2287. Wait, so uh, next week are we just going to do the same number as a number 229 massacre? I (laughs) don't know I mean, that would, be a, that would be a leap year, so that'd be much less likely, right, to have a massacre on that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Those are the, that's oh, a that's very true. rare massacre. Okay. Uh, okay. It's kind of a dark fact, but it's it was suggested... It's kind of a doubter, dude. It was suggested yeah, uh, by at Grammy McRae on Twitter, because uh, the numbers are getting a bit harder to find information for, so I really appreciate when people tweet at me <laughs> with an idea for an update. So we only number. have shitty associations from now on. With I, dark, miserable facts. I think okay. I've skipped massacres before. This is the first one I've led into this fun number fact <laughs> segment. Thanks, buddy. What's the segue going to be? Speaking of a lot of people dying unnecessarily, this week we're talking about the 1997 film Face Off, starring Nick Cage and John Travolta. There were a lot of, especially FBI people, who died yeah, in this movie. Yeah, like, at one point, it seemed like if he just let the bomb blow up in L.A., fewer people would die than in his continual FBI raids. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, this week's episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a free trial membership of Audible. You can get a free audiobook, and you can support our show. And the podcast was also sponsored by Matt, who says, quote, It's been way too long since you guys did anything involving Nicolas Cage, so I wanted to fix that and buy Future Karma, as we mentioned earlier. And... My this is my third favorite Nick Cage performance behind Vampire's Kiss and Con Air, respectively. Mm. It's also the John Wooiest movie I've ever seen. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's super wooey. Uh, anyway, Matt, thank you for sponsoring. If you want to sponsor a topic, you can go to read-weep.com, click on the green dollar sign, and sign up for our mailing list, where you'll get information when new episodes are available, and you can pick the guest, pick the topic, pick the segments. Uh, all for a very reasonable but continually growing price. <laughs> Way to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not great at a lot of things. <laughs> it's reasonable, but it's getting way less reasonable every time we do it. Every time you guys buy all of them, we have to make it less reasonable. It's the only way. Anyway, uh, sponsored episode. We would love to have you. So read.com, click on the green dollar sign. Let me introduce you to your panel today. I'm Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And we got a good panel. First up, he's at Ezra Fox on Twitter in San Francisco, California. It's Mr. Ezra Fox. Alex, if I were to let you suck my tongue, uh, would you be grateful? No. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm getting like a no, a pretty strong no, I guess, on the gratefulness then, right? Is that accurate? <laughs> Is that accurate well, the read? FBI agent undercover... She didn't say she'd be grateful, but she definitely sucked his tongue. She tried to show that she'd be grateful. Yeah. yeah. I'm still going to take a hard pass on the tongue sucking. <laughs> okay. Okay. So no's all around then. Yeah, I think all right. no. Fair enough. Uh, also joining us, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Die! <laughs> Just not in the face. <laughs> yeah. So many injuries. Did they have a wang switch also? <laughs> that's an important question that we're going to talk about later we are okay. gonna talk about i'm getting ahead of myself uh yeah my megan asked about that at one point during or, the show yeah like or the butt switch yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of questions uh also joining us today we have a very special guest uh, requested by our sponsor today he's at dank mccoy or dan k mccoy i'm not sure which one you're going for on twitter uh it, it's dan k mccoy that's that's my, my middle initial is K for Kirk, but uh, luck would have it that that means Dank McCoy is my handle. At Dank McCoy on Twitter, uh, currently on loan from the Flophouse podcast. Please welcome Dan McCoy. Hello, and I want to say about that tongue sucking, not only did that woman turn out to be an FBI agent, (laughs) that poor lady had to suck on uh, Castor Troy's tongue. But then immediately, immediately die is shot and discarded from the plane. Yep. Yeah, I think it was not of all the poor treatment that women get in this film. That was her last act on Earth was sucking undercover tongue sucking. Yeah, <sighs> man, it's that's some bullshit, right? 
Yeah. Look, I don't want to be too personal here, but I wouldn't mind if somebody wanted to suck my tongue. I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily. It's but but expecting them to be grateful for the privilege, that's just too far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you're I mean, into it, your but it's not like for everyone. Really good. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's not for everyone and also <laughs> it's not an honor to anybody. It's a you short like list a- of people who are allowed to, but it's still like the entrance exam is not that difficult. Is would that short- like a toffee flavored tongue? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like uh, that would. I mean, that still wouldn't be an honor, but it would be more fun. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I would see that as a as a treat. You Let's know. say what what thing in the world is an honor to get to suck on? Right. <laughs> 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 like, like uh, do you suck on your Emmy, Dan? <laughs> that would be kind of. I've never sucked on my Emmy. I do know that. I do recall. When I uh, flew home from L.A. with it for the first time, I would occasionally pat it reassuringly <laughs> because Aww. it was sitting beneath my uh, chair because you cannot put them anywhere. <laughs> There's no way. Were you, There's no Emmy you were storage? Reassur- you were reassuring the Emmy that it was okay? I think I was reassuring myself that it existed. <laughs> that makes more sense because the Emmy is yeah. not like, oh, my God, I'm going to New York. I can't handle it. <laughs> it's cool. Emmy. Oh, scared, scared of flying. Of yeah, it's yeah. my first time. All right, let's summarize uh, the movie Face Off. Uh, Chris, mm. you're our resident summarizer for your freakish recall and your dulcet tones today. Indeed. I would like you to summarize in the style of John Travolta pretending to be Nick Cage. Oh, wow. Okay. So Did manic, not see this one but coming. not quite as manic. Yeah, okay. So like butt chin, but like with swagger. <laughs> butt chin yes. swagger. Got it. A swaggery okay. butt chin. <clears throat> All right. So John Travolta plays Sean Archer a badass Boy Scout anti-terror cop. And uh, six years before the events of the movie Face Off, he lost his son to a bullet shot by dangerous madman Caster Troy, played by Nick Cage, who six years ago had a mustache and for the rest is mustache-free. So now Archer, right, hunts down Troy and his cronies with like a fierce tenacity and like he has a personal chip on his shoulder or whatever that escalated uh, to dead bullet is. bullet hole right under his heart i think is that's what it was. right that's right um so we open with a wild shootout chase involving the the uh archer and his good guy cops uh you know chasing down troy who's trying to fly away after planting a huge dirty bomb um and uh, dirty, there's like a dirty bomb Dirty <laughs> Yep, there's a plane. There's this slutty flight attendant we've been talking about who's actually an FBI agent. Not there's slutty. There's a helicopter. Just dedicated. Slutty. Yeah, just dedicated. Yeah, exactly. Dedicated to the to the badge. De- dedicated to her role, okay? Yeah. 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 She will suck on every tongue she if it takes one criminal off the streets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I guess the yeah. real question was, like, this actually happened, right? There wasn't, like, trick photography. How would you Wait, have you mean face off actually happened? Yeah, it's not even face off, just the tongue. They switched, switched Nicholas Cage and uh, really had to faces. Do that. everything well, in this movie happened, including yeah, from tongue sucking <laughs> to uh, yeah. all the wang switching. Except for in real life, they couldn't switch them back. <laughs> and so it's actually uh, Nicholas Cage who's been getting really chubby over the years. Oh, yeah. it's, no. it's like, it's not my body anymore. If they had come out with the sequel face back on, it would be a different story, but they <laughs> yeah. have not. <laughs> I would have loved based on a true story to start this. <laughs> this does crazy. Okay, it's basically, this is just basically like the first half of Freaky Friday that just took a dark turn, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you guys, here's where it gets crazy. Um, so there's a bomb that's set to go off, and uh, after this chase, uh, Caster uh, Troy uh, got captured, and he's in a coma. And his brother got captured, who's kind of like the bomb maker. And his brother won't talk to anybody but Caster. And Caster's He's in, in one a of coma. those classic jet engine to the face comas that you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just, which of course, everyone should know only knocks you out for about seven days, then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know the textbook move in this situation, right? It's to surgically switch faces <laughs> with Troy using lasers and future medicine. It's the only so reasonable Just choice. to buy, yeah. buy the book. Meanwhile, storing the faces in that blue goo that's in, like, uh, barber shops. All the time. Yeah, in Barbicide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that was, like, the minority report, like, uh, like uh, uh, yeah, precog pool. Yeah. Yeah, or it's some sort of gel. But it's, like, the and, middle uh, of the night in that hospital, and there's no lights on Except the face is still beautifully backlit, just glowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so John Travolta gets Nick Cage's face 
and he's also he also gets uh, surgical weight loss, and he gets like you know body hair implants and all this stuff. So he looks <laughs> exactly like a Nick Cage. Mike Yo, possibly a dick switch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is too early to bring this up, but I, <laughs> yeah. one thing that I did find very hilarious about this scene is that in the middle of the face switching, literally, like as like incisions are happening and stuff, yeah, they're also coloring his hair, yeah, and cutting it, yeah, and, and it's just like, like snips. why don't you just wait yeah. till afterwards and send him to the barber then? <laughs> yeah, that was insane, right? They had like they have like okay, let's get this open face wound happening, right? And now let's yeah. give him a haircut because that's totally yeah, a good idea. Have you ever have you ever gotten a haircut with a hoodie on? Like that shit, you get so much hair and it just itches for weeks. Imagine yeah. if you had your face off. <laughs> well, that's why he's, he's, he talked about his face itching in the later scene. And that's why. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, because yeah, little tiny bits of hair. A lot of hair. Ah. Oh, I mean, man. to be fair, they hadn't done it before, right? So, like, they didn't really know the order. They hadn't, like, worked out protocol. <laughs> oh, <probably>. really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to work on our workflow there. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, bone structure is ignored entirely. It's just, like, it, the, the, the thing you have to believe is that you can skin somebody's face off with lasers and just slap it on somebody else's face, and they look exactly like the other person. Not That's the in movies. some grotesque. Yeah. Like, That's the big buy for the screenplay. And you, you know what? It, for what it's worth, totally willing to go there. Yeah. Okay. I am okay. 100% so, okay with that. Okay, since we're all on board, yeah. <laughs> here's what happens. Um, so uh, Archer, John Travolta, playing Troy. So he looks like Nick Cage, and he sounds like Nick Cage, but he's actually a good guy, right? goes into the maximum security prison to get Nick Cage's brother to tell him about where the bomb is, feigning some sort of amnesia. Like a, you know, I'm kind of fuzzy. Where'd we put that bomb? Oh, got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> and it works. Um, and they wear these magnet boots, and it's, uh, you know, because it's maximum security, so they can lock down your shoes at any time. It's a pretty cool right. prison. Ooh, by the way, by cool. the way, those boots, those were used yeah. in the Super Mario Brothers uh, movie. They were the same boots? Yeah, apparently. The the Koopa, the Koopa Troopers. I thought you were going to say they were used in Super Mario 3. Like, that's that's yeah. Karubo's shoe there. Yeah. <laughs> you just okay. punch a question mark and prison boots fall out of it. Yeah, and then you just <laughs> kick the crap out of a Koopa. Yeah. So just as things are looking good for the, the good guy's plan, uh, Caster Troy wakes up from his jet engine induced coma without a face. Right. But then and without any guards and without security any like, precaution at all. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the night when there's no staff on board. So he just calls his friends and they come over and they uh, make the doctors put on John Travolta's face onto Troy. Um, and then they kill the doctors and they're, you know, just general baddies. But now there's a guy who looks like Archer on the outside who's actually a madman. Right. Mm. Um, so I, I think you did go a little. Also, though, Nick, Nick Cage in that situation oh. did a great job of just making lemonade. It's like, well, I don't have the face that I want, but there's a face nearby. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, any face in a storm, Ezra. It's <laughs> <laughs> a classic problem. <laughs> yeah. And now he has all this. He can he can command the FBI squads. He can do all this stuff that he didn't have the power to do. Before. He can sleep with so Joan Allen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's surprisingly willing to go just live this life. Just like well, Everyone, everyone's dream. I guess I have to, to go with Joan Allen. He does a pretty but, good job of seducing his own wife. Yeah, he does. And then he also he puts a lot of work into it. Actually, goes to the prison to go tell Archer that I have your face. I'm on the outside, and you can't do anything about it. And then Archer has to break out of prison in this crazy prison break thing. And which, uh, where the, like he does not shoot. Any like uh, guards himself, like other than non-lethal shots, but he sure as hell lets the guy who's helping him (laughs) shoot the fuck out of some people. (laughs) Shoot every guard in the place. So much fatality in that. Yeah, and you're right. There's a very simple and direct morality, Dan, where it's like if he doesn't pull the trigger himself, it's not as well. He does ask that guy to to not shoot a guy at one point. Yeah. After 30 people have died before those guys get shot anyway. (laughs) 31st guy, no. (laughs) This is where I draw the line. Um, Honestly, though, I think, like, if we did a tally, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the the evil character was, like, personally responsible for less deaths than than the good one. Including fewer FBI agents. Yeah. Because a lot of, like, in the prison guards, like, these are co-workers. These are his peers. And he's just like, you know what, man, this is an impossible, like, 
look, obviously no one's going to buy if I tell them about the face-off surgery. <laughs> yeah. Time to just and start shooting. You know what, though? We saw that there were brutal prison guards before, so it's okay. Yeah, they <laughs> Just kill yeah. them. They were dicks. We can yeah. agree on that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even John Travolta and Nick Cage's body can agree that they're dicks and he needs to... You know, he was also too square, so this people. is sort of like a you know getting his groove back thing. Where it's like, <laughs> if I kill a few prison guards, that'll loosen up, man. Yeah, <laughs> my wife and I will rekindle our relationship. Yeah. So now that he's on the outside, he's using Caster Troy's connections to try to you know foil uh, Troy's plans, and then Troy is using the FBI to try to foil uh, Archer's plans. So there's this kind of pitting both sides against each other from the other side that's going on. But regardless of how the plot plays out, because really there's just not much more than, you know, like, oh, we switch faces. Let's shoot a lot. Um, there's a lot of action scenes in the second half of this movie, <laughs> and they're fantastic. <laughs> kind of a surprising amount. Like, after a four-hour shootout, they're like, guys, let's do a boat chase. <laughs> you know what I could really go oh, for, like, guys? A boat chase. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a shootout in a skyscraper. There's a shootout in a church. There's a big boat An airplane hangar. Of course, there's yeah. a shootout in a church. Well, I think that... Yeah. I really think that they uh, killed the head FBI guy only so that John Woo could have a church with doves in it. <laughs> and what an amazing church that it was. It's like literally on the beach, like just sand blowing into the open door of the church and full of oh, doves. Yeah. And you can get so like shots of just the floral arrangement and the crucifix getting torn up by bullets, like for no reason. Good job, Mr. Wu. Yeah, very Wu. Wu. <laughs> yeah, those, vehicles uh, jumping over other vehicles and through yeah. other vehicles. Yeah, a boat it's fantastic goes. A boat ejaculates out of the nose of another boat. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it that way, but yes, that does yeah, happen. I suppose that, that's the most logical way to say it. Yeah, but like all the plot stuff in this movie is kind of wrapped up by you know. Uh, Nick Cage as John or John Travolta as Nick Cage beating the crap out of Nick Cage as John Travolta, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. Like, and the, and once all that's the solved, stuff, there's nothing else to do. Well, also all the stuff about the like the face switch is like like the the it solved the his uh, ancillary kind of FBI agents, the people working under him, one of which is uh, Margaret Cho for some reason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like they run up and they're like. Hey, Sean Archer, you know, like they know now basically just because his wife, Joan Allen, had called from the church and was like, uh, hey, my wife or my, my wife, my uh, <laughs> husband had his face off. Um, I checked the blood work. It all checks out. Yeah. Uh, come help us. Yeah. And it's like, why couldn't that have happened earlier? And they had yeah. backup if that's as easy as it is to get the FBI on board with, oh yeah, face-off. One of those classic face-offs. I feel great about the FBI's willing to suspend disbelief about yeah. the face-off procedure, because just the same way we all are. Like, yeah. sure, well, that I mean, sounds he reasonable. does remember their first date, which is, you know, his he and his wife's first date. Yeah. Where, you know. Yeah, I understand oh, sh- why she believes him, but he kind of puts some effort into getting getting her on board, and then she's just like, guys, you gotta take my word for it. He's got oh, a different that's true. face. An entire squads of FBI dudes are yeah. like, okay. Okay, anyway, so at the end, the good guy wins. John Travolta gets his face back by, they. I mean, they literally peel it off, I think. Well, they, the they have these, they have 3D printers that are lasers, which yes. I'm not sure how the, li- the make light flesh. is making flesh. But they, so even yeah. despite despite uh the bad guy's brilliant plan of just carving his face right before he dies to say now you can't use this face that like sort of the equivalent of nah i licked it you can't have it right and (laughs) and the doctors are like yeah or we could just do it anyway and fix it and then it's not a thing at all yeah right we we, we can take faces off i'm pretty sure we can handle a small cut on the right side yeah also at the end he tells the surgeon he's like hey remember that scar i don't need it back and the guy's like uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it was a totally different surgeon. Yeah, the yeah, I don't remember that scar because everyone that did the surgery died. <laughs> yeah, so the so, guy's just humoring him. He's is like, there yeah, another whatever. jar of barbicide with a backlight holding his <laughs> chest scar somewhere? Where did they say <laughs> From that? the bullet that killed his son? Yeah. yeah. I don't... Why Did they cut that off and then just put new skin from his ass or something? What did you... 
Yeah, What's the procedure they, they for that? They had to because they had to make him look exactly like Nick Cage, and Nick Cage didn't have that scar. I well, so this is the Wang off thing we were talking about a second ago. We really need to discuss because how, like with like Nick Cage just got John Travolta's face, but for some reason John Travolta's wife does not notice any changes. He doesn't have the scar. Uh, totally different body type and his wife is just like well i guess we haven't done it in a couple months maybe he's changed a lot or something so you're putting forth that a wife you know just really knows her home wang <laughs> like i think you know you know you know one like wang. the back of her like hand back of her hand <laughs> She but knows nothing about his personality wing. or the way they act or the alarming number of FBI agents he's sending to their death. Like, <laughs> right. nothing. Uh, yeah, I would say it's not even just the Wang, more like the whole package, you know, without the package, the whole body and package. <laughs> and do you think, if they had sex in the dark, do you think it would matter? Do you think that she could just by feel, be like, oh yeah, this is like a Folgers test, this is a different <laughs> Wang inside of me? I don't know about that. I, don't, I mean, I'd hope so after, you know, like, couple decades right or so i mean it's gonna be something yeah i mean i think she could have noticed from the way he was actually trying to get it in which he hadn't in a while guys wait 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 what about this <laughs> what if at the same time there's actually a face switch with joan allen like that she's like it's <laughs> going the she, other side she did a face switch with who Peter gershon yeah we have <laughs> exactly <laughs> All of these are interesting thoughts. Let's get into our our uh, compliments, though, you guys. We usually like to start and end, or in this case, middle and end, with a compliment. It's uh, what we call the compliment sandwich. So, in uh, Dan, as mm-hmm. the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Uh, I'll go first. All right, what's your major compliment for face slash off? I mean, mine is just sort of a general thing about the premise. Like, as much fun as we've been had, uh, we've had tearing it apart. Uh, I mean, I really like this movie, and I like it more actually now than when I first saw it. When I just was like, "Oh yeah, this is a dumb action movie, but it's fun." Now was I that? kind of well, I feel like I appreciate the subtext of the movie a little bit more. That you know, once you stop taking the face switching stuff seriously at all, you can enjoy. The metaphor of it, like it's the logical conclusion of the stupid, like I am but a shadowy reflection of you <laughs> thing that always happens yeah. between heroes and villains. Yeah, and just like the idea of you know having to wake up and look at your most hated person's face when you look in the mirror, like yeah. they play it for a lot of almost like a horror movie. They play it for a dark comedy, and I, I enjoy that. I I had a great time watching this movie the other night. It was really fun, and I, I including that their like their other attempts at metaphor, like how his daughter is always like changing her makeup and nose rings because she <laughs> oh, wants by the a way, different face. Dominic Swain, uh, who of course went on to be America's sweetheart. Everyone remembers Dominic Swain. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, but she's like she has that same like she's taking her face off and putting on other faces because she's not comfortable with who she is. And uh, and then at the end, like all of this happens, and she's like, "Well, now I'm fine." And so she goes back to just like cheerleader makeup. Yeah, that's <laughs> and the everything's default. everything's fine. Uh, and, and also like the fact that Nick Cage, uh, John Travolta, has to touch everybody's face all the time. <laughs> like that's his signature move. <laughs> is like there tries is to read like... the braille on his wife's nose all the time. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> oh, odd. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, and the subtext is a lot of fun, and I'm not sure that's something I would have gotten if I had watched this immediately in 1997. No, I I mean, Matt, Matt the sponsor, said he was trying to uh, uh, try to buy some karma with us, and it's worked. I like you, Matt. Thank you. This was super fun. Is that your compliment, Alex? No, I'll do my compliment. Uh, my compliment is actually, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but there is this is thought out in the world that it's impossible to look cool while drinking out of a straw and it's not Mm. true it is absolutely (laughs) a lie i've heard it as recently as last month somebody said it to me and it's not true and there are two examples one is pulp fiction obviously uh and the other one is nick cage with mustache and sniper rifle hanging out at the park that is empty. That's cheating. That's mustache and sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. The straw does not ruin Nick Cage mustache sniper sniper rifle. It, he maintains his cool while looking cool while drinking out of a, a soda cup uh, with straw. Here, here's the question. All right. Does the mustache sniper rifle Nick Cage combination, does it counteract any kind of uncoolness that you can conjure up? 
You know, like imagine oh, like, like Nick Cage. Is there a situation so uncool? Yeah, it's like God pushing a boulder. It's like, is there any? Is there a thing that Nick Cage could do that could make him not cool? If yeah, he yeah like so, so, so picture this. Rival? All right, so oh, so he what has if a his ice rifle? cream falls off his ice cream cone <laughs> while he has a sniper rifle and a mustache. How does he react? Does he shoot it? No, I think he just tries to play it off like nothing happened. Uh, I, I think it could still be cool if he played it off well. But here's the one I had though. Um, he he picks a booger and then like looks at it, then like licks it, and then like grimaces and then like puts it away. Still cool. Must, wait, still got a mustache, mustache and sniper. Yeah, rifle. still has a mustache yeah. and sniper rifle. Absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be his best moment, <laughs> but still better than like say like a normal moment of yours. Oh yeah, yeah. Than my average, sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm convinced that even the least good Nick Cage moment is better than any moment I'll ever have in my life. I also feel like you know, like if you caught him doing that, he would look at you and he'd be like, "What." Like, he would just, he would not be impressed. Yeah, he'd also have a sniper rifle. So right, yeah, you can't really. Well, but those aren't great from short range, so if I was close enough to see him. You can still, he can still hit you with it. They're heavy. <laughs> just hit you. <laughs> that would all be right. very surprising. So is this uh, all part of the compliment, or? <laughs> <laughs> Ezra, what's your major compliment? Um, I think I just really understood Nick Cage as a result of this. Like, the way Nick Cage acts, like, in all of his movies, is as if he has someone else stuck inside him. <laughs> someone's trying to get out by way of his face yeah well, that, right like it was like huh there's like this nick cage like performance like where he's like freaking out realizing like you know that he's actually john travolta on the inside um like when he's in the prison i was like this seems pretty standard nick cage it's like oh this is how he <laughs> approaches every single role this is his method yeah or possibly this is like maybe alternatively <laughs> nick cage is actually like a collective where just they take the nick cage face and put it on any other appropriate actor or like one to five actors yeah one to five actors you know in all the roles right so like you know for um yeah for con air like they actually found like a you know an ex-army ranger who was wrongly convicted and then put the nick cage face on that guy and that's that was what that was what was the movie we watched about angels with nick cage in it uh, uh city of angels knowing? city of angels yeah. Uh, oh, City of Angels. Also City knowing of Angels, he also he does the same like he's acting like he's not comfortable in his body. Yeah, so they got they got it. an actual angel who had actually <laughs> fallen in love with Meg Ryan, and, uh, and they, they just lasers to put Nick Cage's face. <laughs> yeah. Skip it, guys. Watch watch Ring, Wings of Desire. Watch the original. <laughs> I don't know Wings there of Desire. Go. Is it? It's a Vim Vendors movie. It's very arty and it's got Peter Falk in it. Oh. Very different it's uh, than. Fun. City of Angels. But, 98% yeah, positive ratings on Rotten People seem to actually have enjoyed this. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Nick Cage one was pretty great, so it's got okay. a lot to live up to. <laughs> All right. Did he get, like, killed at the end by yeah. or something? Yeah. It was yeah. the... It was, it was the worst. Yeah. Okay. It was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like the Meet Joe Black ending. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Uh... Chris, that's that's why no supernatural being should ever become real because they are immediately killed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was it wasn't that he gets killed. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's he gives up his immortality right. to be with her on Earth, and then she promptly dies because she doesn't respect his gift. Ugh. Yeah, she doesn't appreciate what he's done. Well, for no, her. I think the point is like, yeah, God's kind of a dick. Yeah. Like that's don't that's give up God mode ever. Yeah. Okay, Chris, what's your so, compliment? Yeah, my compliment is just. Um, for the first part of the movie, before they switch faces, Nick Cage, when he has all his uh, Caster Troy swagger, mm-hmm. is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of dude who switches from driving sunglasses to tiny plane sunglasses. <laughs> I mean, he's got his coat blown in the wind. He's got gold-plated pistols. Yeah, give me my box with two guns and some chiclets. Yeah, and, and some drugs. Yeah, I and mean, a healthy dose of drugs. I would like to drink some we, drugs as well, yeah. Can we talk yeah. about the moment, too, where he goes up? to what appears to be a teenage girl who's singing the Handel's Messiah and yeah. like at Walt dresses dresses a priest, a priest. <laughs> like comes on to her a little bit and then grabs her ass and she seems totally cool with everybody, it. Everybody, he sexually harasses everybody including in John, in John Travolta's body, his own daughter and yeah. everybody is fine with it. Ugh. Nobody uh. is surprised. Like when he's the priest in the, like there's a priest dancing through the Los Angeles Convention Center touching singers strangers and nobody blinks yeah 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 this is this is a weird time i don't know if this is like 1997 just and this was okay or just like or just la is so weird that's what we learned from the uh jim carrey movie yeah, yeah la is true. weird 
Yeah, um, from weird. once bitten. Everybody is weird in L.A., so it's, nothing stands out. Not a guy walking yeah. a tiger. Not John Travolta dancing or the <laughs> cage dancing as a priest. Yeah, it's all very reasonable. Crazy. Los Angeles, I'm yours. Uh, all right, so let's jump into our hates then. Let's uh, let's talk about things we maybe did not necessarily enjoy about the movie. They can still be positive, but so what we're gonna do? We're just gonna have a we're just going to have a classic hate off. So take your hate off, put it on my hate, and then vice versa. And then <laughs> lasers. Um, and micro <laughs> abrasion. Um, and, uh, oh, what was it? State of the art form transforming face. What was that plastic piece that, like, made it okay that they had different shapes? Yeah. Magic. I don't know. Some plastic. Yeah, some plastic. Thing. It's okay, guys. We have plastic. It's really cool. Very but, like, Oregon Trail-level pictures of their faces. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> on, the, on the computer, that really... <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage's face has now, dis- now died dysentery. I... Uh, well, and also, that was awesome, because those little computer screens were also showing the face changing in the, like, yeah. wireframe as the surgery was being transformed. Doing Like, why... What's the... What is the program adding? It's just telling you that you just cut his hair? What <laughs> medical device is that? Haircut confirmed. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks, robot. <laughs> thanks, Siri. Yeah. Go back to work. Yeah. You know, here's a hate. And, like, you know, some of this, like, I think just getting out of the way, the fact that a lot of this technology is ridiculous. Like, they give them a an implanted microchip that mm-hmm. syncs up with the voice correction that they're supposed <laughs> to have to sound like each other. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, even a sneeze, any light blow could totally dislodge this thing. Yeah, it's be then, careful with it. A sneeze could hurt it. Like, well, how, how do yeah. I stop a sneeze? Like, yeah. There's, there's exactly. Like, What's my move here? <laughs> exactly. And then there's two hours of movie with nothing but jumping through the air and getting hit. <laughs> and then it's only at the very end when the voice chip malfunctions at just the right moment to confuse, you know, some somebody who has to make the choice of who's the real good guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's just some other stuff like that. Like, of course, everybody... Uh, you know, has this kind of weird reverse aphasia. Maybe it's called face phasia, where they only recognize people based on the look of their face, not how they talk, how they act, how they treat each other, or um. Okay, know, but in else. their it's defense, just... Chris, like if somebody showed up with Ezra's face, but he was yeah. not acting like Ezra, like it would be like Ezra, you're weird. It would not be like person is normal wearing Ezra's face. Mm. Yeah, but then if somebody wearing Ezra's face orders a bunch of people to their death. Yeah, you know, it'd be you, Ezra you being wanna, super weird. Yeah, Ezra being yeah. kind of weird. What's up with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, would have, we would have an intervention maybe with Ezra. Yeah, we'd have we would a strong never, talk. We would never be like, <laughs> listen, terrorist, you've got Ezra's face and we need it back. Uh, we just don't enough. assume that people traded faces in normal life. Well, that's, it's a problem, right? Because like, we, we had that great line, you know, like, who are you and what have you done with Ezra? But I feel yeah. like it's become such a cliche. We don't actually think that's ever happened. Right, exactly. I think that should, that should still be our default. <laughs> we should actually think that's what's going on. We should assume anytime anyone's acting a little bit strange, that is what's happened. I think my least favorite thing in this whole movie is at the end when he's just killed his arch nemesis. Yes. And they're going to go get their faces, trade it back. And maybe ice cream also. And, they yeah, definitely it. some ice cream because surgery. And uh, <laughs> they make him ride in the ambulance with his dead arch nemesis right next to his face. But uh. he looks like him. So it's like, hey... It, it, it's sort of like, like you know, let's send you home with someone who looks familiar to you. You know, so Except you're not scared. face cut up and you know it's somebody else wearing your face. Okay. Let's send you home with the corpse of yourself. <laughs> that, that will comfort Some you. Some people would pay top dollar for that kind of therapy. <laughs> it's the FBI. Get a second ambulance. You can afford it. <laughs> right? My- Put it, in, put it in one of those, uh, those black SUVs. Like, you've got room for the corpse somewhere else. <laughs> Or put it on top, right? Put it on top. Strap it to the top. It seemed really insensitive of them. (laughs) We'll talk about insensitive. Uh, My least favorite thing also came at the end, which was, uh, you know, John Travolta comes home with Castor Troy's kid, who he's bonded with, because he's like, he looks like his dead kid. And he's (laughs) like, "Uh, hey, wife and daughter, we got something to talk about. Um, And he brings the kid out, and then he's like, uh, come on! I'll show you your, your 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 new room. And he like like mouths to Joan Allen, okay? Yeah. And she's like, okay. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is a relationship this is like problem adopting. in the making. Yeah. A kid is like, oh, okay. One one kid, one one son is as good as another. 
Yeah, this uh, isn't the sure. book of Job. You can't just replace kids. Yeah, exactly. and how come how come Gina Gershon got such a pass just because she had a kid? She was still a baddie, right? And this kid has been through a lot of trauma. Oh Even yeah, this is gonna be a trouble to somewhere teen. over the rainbow. This kid is not gonna grow up healthy in a new home. No, uh, no like no, no. after having seen all of the shooting and like all the problems. Yeah, that kid's definitely gonna be an omen kid. Caster Troy's <sighs> DNA inside him. Like that kid is destined for some problems. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's hard enough like t- talking to your adopted son and telling him he's adopted. But how do you tell when he's a teenager? How do you tell him? Also, I <laughs> killed your father, and then a guy wearing my face killed your mother. Okay, but, but it's okay because I was your father briefly. Yeah, I was wearing your father's face at another time. Like yeah. this, this is not. Yeah, it's okay. I was looking. I was looking like your father <laughs> at the time that I killed your father. So yeah, that's it's okay. okay. I skinned your father. This is gonna be crazy. This American Life episode with the son when he's much older. Oh God! Where they talk about him finding out that he was ad- adopted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the like, son seems a little off already like the son in the middle of a shootout is like i'm just gonna go stand over here on these glowy bricks <laughs> i like the idea yeah, this american life like this week on the this, this american life surprises first a <laughs> person who in 4x yeah first someone who ordered a cheeseburger but got a regular hamburger but and then someone who <laughs> the son of a famous terrorist who was adopted by the fbi after the fbi murdered his family Yep. Act three, David Sedaris shares a new story. <laughs> I, I can picture it already. That is, I, the kid thing is the weirdest part. I mean, there is yeah. no way. And, and definitely, well, you got to talk about that with your wife, man. Open lines of communication. Yeah, He'd it's be a like, dick if it was a puppy. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Look, honey, I've been through a lot. Here's a puppy. I was thinking that the only way that that ending works is if it's like his fantasy as he's dying. Uh, it's yeah. like Can like he actually Detroit died in that crash, and it's just like, oh, but it's okay because in my mind uh, we switched our faces back, and <laughs> I got a new son. It was and everything's okay. Re- it was like really bright, glowy, but also foggy yeah. out. So maybe that yes. that's actually a decent reading <laughs> that he died in that fight. Or that the dirty bomb went off in L.A. because that timer was set way too long. <laughs> yeah. That was on a, like, eight-day timer. <laughs> I I mean, I think that this was 97, so it's still okay. But by now, we're done with bombs with large d- digital clocks, right? We don't have to do that anymore. It's over. <laughs> and now, nowadays, right, like they, they'd have them, um, like, linked to the cloud, right? You wouldn't have to actually go to the bomb to disarm the bomb, right? No one has to do that. Oh, right. You think you just have to, like, hack into its Google Plus account or something yeah, and turn exactly. it off? Exactly. The hey, log in a bomb book. Yeah. <laughs> You've added bomb to your circles. Yeah. Do not poke the bomb. <laughs> Do not poke the bomb. <laughs> Read It and Weep is supported by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, dedicated to selling books and fighting crime. In the last 15 years, crime in America has fallen drastically. There are many possible explanations, but one that is often overlooked is the brave undercover work by FBI agents. For more on how they're accomplishing these feats, here's NPR's own A.J. Dominguez-Cohen. Dr. Walsh is scrubbing his hands before entering the OR. He's got a busy schedule today, but he still takes the time to clean up. I've got 14 surgeries planned today, all for FBI agents. Walsh is a pioneer in his field, investigative cosmetic surgery, known in medical textbooks as face-slash-off procedures. The FBI has between uh, 50 and 100 agents working deep undercover at any given moment. Uh, Without me, they wouldn't be able to do half that work. Since it debuted in the 1997 documentary Face Off, the procedure has become mainstream. An agent who wants to go undercover in a terrorist cell first engages the leader in a gun battle and knocks him into a coma. Then it's up to Dr. Walsh and his team to take that agent's face off and trade it for the terrorist face. Lots of terrorists expect this kind of infiltration now, so we've had to adapt. We use even more faces now. Special Agent Hicks owns one of several faces being used in today's procedure. Obviously, I shouldn't talk about pending cases, but this is just so cool. So what's going to happen is Agent Pifferson took Agent Richard's face, right? And Agent Richard, he took Lem Nico's face, the terrorist who died last month. And then I'm going to take Mr. Wiggle's face. 
Uh, Mr. Wiggles? Oh, yeah, that's Lemnico's cat. Uh, nobody would ever believe Agent Richard was Lemnico if he didn't have a cat with him. And then uh, Mr. Wiggles will be having a face-slash-off with a boat. And why is that? Because science. So Agent Richard will be living with Lemnico's family. Uh, will they believe it's really him? Yeah, he'll be living with Nico's wife as man and wife, so we also need to perform a penis-slash-off procedure. Of course. Will that be necessary for Mr. Wiggles also? What? No. That's real, That's ridiculous. He doesn't need to make love to the boat. Jesus. These undercover agents have managed to defuse over 1,000 bomb plots in the last year alone. For agents, the sacrifice is worth it, even though the procedure isn't reversible. Wait, it's not? Oh, uh, didn't I mention that? We haven't invented a face-slash-back-on procedure yet. It's not medically possible. But you've got all those lasers! They're mostly for decoration. What, so what am I going to do? I'd go to read-weep.com slash Amazon and buy a Halloween mask. They've got thousands to choose from, and a portion of all sales go to support my favorite podcast. Wait, I could just buy a mask? And no one would have to cut my face off? Sure, but who's going to believe a cat wearing a boat mask? I do all my shopping at read-weep.com slash Amazon. I've still got my original face. But maybe I'm the terrorist. For Read It and Weep News in Los Angeles, I'm AJ Dominguez Cohen. This is Read It and Weep. Uh, all right, so the next thing we're going to do, you guys, for Matt, as requested, uh, <coughs> Matt, our sponsor, said this. Uh, he likes the game How Would You Fail to Survive in this scenario, but he thinks that the movie Face Off is way too easy to die in. So what he would like us to do <laughs> is play the game How Would You Implausibly Survive? So if you were any of the characters in this movie or a character that could have come through the movie but hadn't, how would you implausibly survive the movie in any order? I'd like to think that I would be a, uh, a food cart worker who was pushing a cart through the streets of downtown Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And as two cars with, you know, the good guys and bad guys shooting each other or shooting at each other, it, it, you know, at freeway speeds on surface streets is coming by. I'll be the guy who goes, oh, no, and like pushes the cart out of the way and just dies. I mean, dives. 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 Yeah, yeah, because you got to yeah. survive. And, and mm-hmm. gets saved and then gives the exasperated look like only in Los Angeles. <laughs> All my tomatoes. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Uh, I think I think for me, like the hardest part about all this would be like seeing myself in the mirror if I was one of these two face switches, because oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you well. So the, I don't know, when you guys look at yourself in the mirror, everything's reversed, right? So when you actually see yourself, you're seeing your part on the wrong side. So mm. when you're in the real world with the face switch, you'd be like the part is on totally the wrong side, and so. I wouldn't be able to kill the terrorist because it wouldn't look like the terrorist. It would be like, well, you are a different person because your part's on the other side. And so I think we would just become friends. Yeah, your sense of identity is really t- wrapped up in your hairstyle It's very today. part heavy, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, that's like, I lean heavily on that to determine whether it's me in the mirror every morning. <laughs> like, so like bed hair, like for the first, like first hour of my day before I shower, I'm usually in a state of, of existential crisis. You have no idea who you are. Yeah, I have no idea. I may be going out on a limb here, but I'm going to say that this movie takes place in the same universe as Star Trek. I think that's likely. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, when people are putting their hands on people's faces, they're actually attempting but failing to do the uh, Spock transfer of consciousness out of uh, all that of uh, he did in uh, Star Trek II, although sure. we didn't learn about it into, until Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say I'm going to survive. I'm actually going to be... Gina Gershon, who dies at the end of this movie, you think, you think, but she's transferred her consciousness into a dove. <laughs> what? <laughs> and yeah. very possibly, also, that dove could sneak into the unguarded lab at the FBI medical complex yeah. oh, and easily. request a total face operation switch with Gina Gershon, and now you've just got a dove with Gina Gershon's face and consciousness. Mm-hmm. And you've unloaded your son on some sap. <laughs> right. Free, free, no son anymore. Yeah, and, uh, I was, I was gonna go a different way with this, um, slightly different. But um, I think so. Nicholas Cage, before the climactic battle, switches bodies with uh, Dominic Swain with the daughter, um, mm. and then just lives uh, his life as a teenage girl. Then, until he sexually you know, harasses himself. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't going to make it like that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to avoid that since he was so thoroughly creepy to her. But also gave her a knife. You did get a very important knife that we all were pretty sure was going to come back later. Check out his butterfly knife. Yeah, he does. He's like, his daughter gets, like, sexually harassed. And then he says, you have protection. Gives her a butterfly knife and just says, that's protection. Stab him in the leg and twist next Yeah, time. okay. Which she, of course, does to him later. But here's the thing about that yeah. advice from a dad. Like, the twisting is not the sort of thing you want to do in most situations. That, like, you don't want to murder people. Are you anti-twisting now, Alex? I'm... (laughs) Come on, baby. Knife in leg (laughs) twisting? Yes. Let's do the twist. (laughs) Oh, God. I, like, like, basically what he was teaching her was how to have a disproportionate response when things happen. Yeah. (laughs) If you stab someone in their major artery and twist yeah i mean particularly in the inside of the leg that's a that's a death wound super death wound yeah and we learned from from once bitten from the jim carrey vampire movie that's where you keep all your like your youthful energy also Uh right yeah so she's all she's not only killing him she's letting his youthful energy leave his body if that was a virgin if that was a jim carrey style virgin yeah like i don't know if that's gonna be good to any vampire now yeah and he'd be dead you keep skipping over the dead part ezra I mean, I feel like this, we're living. This seems to be an LA where you can fix pretty much anything if you want to. Well, that's true, uh, and also like everybody who is dead is actually secretly in a coma and might come back at any time, so you never know, right? I think Dan, I think yours is actually the best move here with the dove because being a dove is a great way to survive in this movie, despite a million <laughs> yeah. bullets whizzing around your tiny church that you live in on the beach. <laughs> that's true. We didn't see, we didn't see any shots. were like poof, not a then, single, like, yeah, not no. a single explosion of white feathers. And to paraphrase The Simpsons, no one expects the dove. <laughs> Ooh, that's true. <laughs> there, it's a safe place to be, the body of a dove. And you poop while you're flying. Sold. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah, but they never talk about, you know, the, the dangers of dove life, like PTS dove. <laughs> dove life. Oh, <laughs> Hashtag dove life. I also, like, I know we're not doing fail to survive, but if we were going to fail to survive, I got to say... Uh, you can't have a romantic candle at dinner with a hundred lit candles and then just go upstairs to do it. That is irresponsible. Yeah, that is a fire hazard. Like if, speaking, not not speaking too far out of turn. Uh, there are no gross details here, but like the one time I had uh, romantic relations with just seven candles in the same room as me, I was worried the <laughs> entire time. <laughs> Like, I can't even imagine leaving them alone then afterwards. Oh, that's so irresponsible. I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's just, okay, so this is this is Nicolas Cage's, you know, he's he's evil inside of John Travolta. He's used to a certain amount of danger in his sex, right? And, like, oh, you have you to... I think he's just used... He lives dangerously, so he's willing to I don't do think, that. I think he it would adversely affect his performance if he did not have, like, some element of, like, fire damage, like, in the, in the realm of possibility. Jeez. And, like... You know, the other thing, there's fire, and maybe the fire's mitigated by, you know, the candles being safely not around anything, but then you just got dripping wax you have to clean up everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's, not a, That's a good point. This know. would be a terrible mess to clean up afterwards. Can I add yeah. all over the living room and kitchen? For that dinner also, he made two full lobsters. Like, <laughs> he did. Like, Everybody's going to bed bloated. Where, I'm just... I don't know. Like, I don't know if you can, like, have where a good performance. Where did this terrorist learn to cook, and, where, and why does he have that much time? He he puts so much work into seducing John Travolta's wife. Uh, like he set an impossibly yeah. high standard for John Travolta in the future. Maybe that's part of his dastardly plan because <laughs> you know it's not because of Jane Allen or Joan Allen. She's you know who looks at double pleated slacks and says, "Da damn." <laughs> All right, so uh, really quick, we have to do. Uh, we have one more thing to do, uh, which is our mailbag segment. So apparently, you guys—I don't know if you saw this—John uh, Woo considered casting Michael Douglas and Jean Claude Van Damme both in place of John Travolta <laughs> at different yeah. parts, which both would have been pretty fun and exciting movies, right? Hmm. There's no wrong way to make this movie. I think. I. That's, ex- yeah. that's exactly what I think. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just, even at that time, wouldn't Michael Douglas have been a little old to be <laughs> yeah. doing yeah. all that stuff? I think that Definitely. would only made it more fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Actually, if it, yeah, if it went super old, that'd be great too, right? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Or just Jean-Claude Van Damme pretending to be Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but it's so good. Anyway, <laughs> I think there's no wrong way to make this movie, which is why uh, we put out the call to the fans. Uh, who would you like to see in this movie if Nick Cage and John Travolta had been unavailable? And we got some great answers. So I sent this out to our email list, uh, which uh, you guys can join at read-weep.com. Uh, and uh, my favorite response was from Amy, who said, uh, William H. Macy and Nathan Lane. <laughs> and also they're both traveling salesmen so <laughs> presumably one of them's an evil traveling salesman i don't know well i mean traveling salesmen are necessarily evil it seems well, redundant all, yeah yeah but you want to have one be like maybe one's like the he's trying to live a good life and and be nice to the people but then the other one is like salesman of the month because he's doing all these underhanded tactics okay so like one's like one's like death of salesman and the other one's like Dane like, Cook or something that? <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, that. Uh, we also got a lot of great responses on uh, uh, on Twitter at Reed underscore Weep. Um, Fizzy Fifi, at Fizzy Fifi, uh, wants to see John Malkovich and Megan Fox. <laughs> I really like the <laughs> gender switch. I think that adds a really fun element to all of this. Yeah, we also had in gender switches Bruce Willie and Paris Hilton. Yeah, I mm. think that would be totally fun. Uh, at Internet Mayor gave us once Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. Also an interesting idea. Uh, Father's Day reunion. Yeah, and Robin yeah. Williams can play evil. He's done it. I don't know about Billy Crystal. Yeah, and Mork and Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Zing. You Topical saw the same Zing. show I did? I mean, <laughs> he was an evil alien stealing uh, Earth Woman. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Also, Taking our women. Also, at Ani An, would like Ezra and Chris to switch. How would we know? <laughs> How do we know we don't do this every you sound week? sound the same, so you don't even need the voice box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or me and Sarah Palin, uh, mm. which would be hard, because I would look in the mirror and, and be like, this is not who I wanted to be. I think I, you'd be like, huh, I'll, I'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would I try to live as man and wife with Todd Palin? You get to hang oh. out with, with Iron Dog for a while. Yeah, exactly. Iron Dog, man. Yeah. I don't know. He might teach me some things about myself. <laughs> Also, uh, some things on Facebook. Tyler suggested Paul Giamatti and Jack Nicholson. More just double crazy, which I like. Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah wants Vin Diesel and The Rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of bring forth the how would you know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, Andrea wanted the Battle of the Bonds with Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan switching. Mm. Was Pierce Brosnan good as Bond or not? Uh, that's not this is going to be a whole bag of <laughs> bag of worms that's the that's the expression right yeah, a bag, a of, bag worms. of worms a bag of worms you guys you cart worms around in a worm bag. bag we yeah, let the I worms like out a, of the bag a bag now. of worms and a can of beans switched places <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I mean obviously Pierce Brosnan was not great as Bond but like moms liked him also moms Chris driving the 90s liked him. Yeah. yeah yeah I don't know I liked the helicopter with the chainsaws hanging from it that was in a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. I, I like that Daniel Craig exists because I, I've been thinking that I was going crazy not liking Pierce Brosnan and everyone else in the world liking him. And then he yeah. showed up to like show people like, oh, no, we were wrong. Yeah. This was, this was yeah, not good. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then lastly, uh, Helene uh, votes for Reese Witherspoon and Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know? Yeah. <laughs> Another really obvious. Well, that gets the age thing that Ezra wanted to see. Yeah, age and gender, Yoda's and old, yeah. species, yes. and one actor and one puppet. So yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, those are great. Those are all on Facebook.com/slash/readweep. So thank you everybody who submitted actors to switch places in, I guess, Face Off Two. Face Offer. Yeah, <laughs> Face Offer. Face Offerer. <laughs> two yeah. Face Two Off. Ooh, I like. Two. <laughs> I do like two face like- two off. Anyway, uh, so thank you everybody who su- submitted. Uh, we'll have more mailbag next week. Let's do this. The last half of our compliment sandwich, the second half, as we usually call it. Uh, so we're gonna go in reverse order. Chris, what's your minor compliment? for face-off and don't just do nick cage's mustache in the opening sequence because that is too easy no you know what it is is it's nick cage uh during the boat chase he water skis without skis on he just does it on his shoes in front of the boat in front of the boat and it's awesome and like clearly physically that's possible because people have you know do that but it's just a great move to know that like oh the boat's going fast enough i can probably get 
I can probably make the plane just with my feet and then stand up and then I'll be back in the fight. Well, I love and, uh, so many things about that fight on the boat. Like <laughs> when uh, he takes an anchor and swings it at his head. Also, never bothers to slow the boat down, even when they're both not driving it. Uh, oh yeah, just it's just full speed ahead the whole time. And uh, yeah, him hanging Perfect. off the front of the boat, having to water ski. Yeah, in wingtips. <laughs> in wingtips, it's great. And then in the end, when he finally does kill him with a harpoon gun, mm. oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's- a harpoon gun and a well placed kick to the groin. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of nut shots in this movie. There are. <laughs> yeah, that nut off. Uh, Ezra, what's your minor compliment? Um, there's a lot to love, I guess, in the uh, in the production design, the prop design um, for Nick Cage's character. I mean, I think probably the gold dragon money clip yeah it's probably gonna win for oh, me yeah along with the gold double like uh double guns they had the double pistols because like did it look to you guys like the money clip was basically just a, a hair clip that they painted gold and put a gem on that's possible <laughs> yeah that okay. would be good prop building i'd be impressed by that yeah i mean but the, it's it answers the question like what's cooler than like you know one gold gun it's obviously gonna be two gold ice guns. cold oh right ice cold baby <laughs> maybe so I always get to that question. Shake it like a dragon money clip. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so my, my minor compliment is this. There's one thing that I always love in, in movies uh, uh, of any kind is screens and graphs and things that display in the background. And uh, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things about production design. And my favorite thing in this one was when they were doing the – they were giving him the vocal implant. The little screen had a graph or had a little display that said – voice match percentage colon zero and then they turned the knob up until it was match percentage 100 <laughs> and that is such a great medical procedure they're like well the match percentage is just set too low so we just need to set it to 100 and then he'll be fine i i, I have a hard time believing that it was at zero to begin with i feel like like nick cage and like i don't know like a, a turtle yelling in german that would be at zero <laughs> yeah nick right? cage and cheetah yeah that's a zero percent <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so maybe it's... I, I don't remember if it actually started at zero. I remember there was one point when it was 66%, and then it moved up to 100. So it's possibly it was like 40 to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I... Yeah, I, I find that more believable. Also, like, Nick Cage and a lot of things would be... High, like, Nick Cage and a goat would probably be 60 to start. <laughs> a lot of good. <laughs> I would love to see those intersections, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I, I would You just... need that machine. You gotta go buy that machine, Ezra, because it just does that. And you could adjust the voice percentage up. If we had this technology, right, we would just mostly do it. Like, I'd be like, you know what, Alex, you sound about like half like a gerbil, and you're like, no, I don't. I'm like, oh, really? And then I get the gerbil to say the same thing as you, and then I prove it to you. This sounds like an iPad app. <laughs> Here, read these words, gerbil. <laughs> well, I think they'd have a pre-recorded gerbil. Like, the, in the memory, it would know what gerbil sounds like. Oh, nice. Because we didn't. Because Nick Nick Cage's character was like mostly dead, so they didn't like, oh, do a reading actually, of his voice. You know what would be, Alex? It'd be free to get the app, but if you wanted the gerbil sound clip, that'd be like an in purchase. Yeah, all uh, yeah, it's all in app purchase. It's only in app purchases to get other animals. You can you record you, and then you can do other people for free. But anytime you want to match like celebrities, mm-hmm. yeah, celebrities, rodents. Yeah, <laughs> actually, this is kind of it's kind of turning into something I might want to buy. Yeah. Like this is kind of possible. <laughs> all right, Dan, what's your minor compliment? Uh, this is not hilarious or anything, but uh, I enjoyed. Uh, I was watching the program. The uh, the sh- movie, and I realized that uh, Pollux Troy is basically giving the same performance as the guy who does Moriarty on the he was BBC very Sherlock. Much like I I actually wanted to I, yeah. like, for a second. I thought he might be the same actor because it reminded me so much of Moriarty. Yeah, he's got mm. the same like weird like quavery like kind of fey, uh I don't know. There's like an attitude to it that's almost exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I dug into the um, I dug into the IMDb on this one a little bit. You so did. a couple of cool yeah. things. Um, the the voice uh, apparently. So there's the uh, the documentary about R. Crumb, and apparently uh-huh. the actor modeled um, the uh, character off of R. Crumb's brother. Oh um, wow! So if like, you it, yeah, sorry, Charlie, I think. Charles Crumb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you maybe that guy's also like Moriarty now. Huh. Um, Catch me up with who R. Crumb is. Oh, he's a cartoonist who like uh, Fritz the that? Cat. Uh, keep on trucking. Yeah, natural. Uh, so he wasn't evil. No, 
Well, uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, just the way you said it, it was like he modeled this character. I was not expecting to be a cartoonist. I expected it to be like a serial killer or something. Well, like, just well, the, voice. his brother, the voice who's the brother. kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's just a crazy brother of a cartoonist? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. just just for the voice. Um, Do you... I The thing with him that was so funny was that he gave up the information on the bomb so quickly and so easily. Yeah. And then also funny is just how terrible the john travolta's character is because like you're still in prison like maybe don't tell him right away like as soon as he gets to the location he's like ha you're an idiot hey guards let me out anybody yeah. guards any yeah i wasn't trying to play you yeah. but uh yeah i was totally playing it celebrate a little too soon exactly just, right yeah, yeah he did his he just touched down dance at the 50 you don't want to do that <laughs> All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about Atlas Found by Clive Cussler. This was sponsored. Atlantis Found. Atla- is it, what did I say? Atlas. Atlas. Oh, man. I am it's terrible. His, at, that'd be easy, right? He's, he's at the bottom of the world. He's about to shrug. <laughs> Super easy. That's, well, a, that's what, a short book. But what book of maps would you look in to find Atlas? You would never know. Oh. Atlantis Found by Clive Cussler. Uh, our sponsor, Mary, says this, quote, I picked up this book off a community bookshelf of English language novels in Vienna eight years ago. A little humble brag there. Uh, <laughs> and it remains the worst book I've ever read. Like, well, Ooh. well, Mary, I have never read a bad book that I got in Vienna, so this will be a good, a delightful try for me. Oh, for the record, if you want a humble brag on our show, sponsor an episode. I would love it if, if all sponsors from now on have to name drop a country you've been to that I haven't. Just humble uh, brag anything. Anything you've done that's yeah, like... True. You know, I bought this book shortly before I ran into Chuck Norris, and he told me that he liked my hat, and uh, you, you would enjoy the book. Um, it's funny that, like, I didn't know this is how this happened, uh-huh. and, like, it makes... I was like, man, I have no idea how someone would, like, be able to hate this book specifically, because, like, it's, like, 15 books into the um, Dirk Pitt series, uh-huh. and, like, I just... I don't know how this would cross your path and why pick this one. And I was like, oh, that's... That kind of randomness is about right. I like it. I like our, our sponsors bouncing between like Universal with like Face Off and then something so esoteric as the 15th book of a series uh, that you got in a Vienna bookstore. But uh, that's the fun of sponsorship. So if you want to do that yourself, go to readdishweb.com slash sponsor. Sign up for the mailing list. We'll let you know when we got more episodes available. Uh, if you want to give us any more feedback or play in any of our mailbag games, uh, facebook.com slash readandweep or at read underscore weep on Twitter. Uh, Thanks for being here at C. Walter Smith and at Ezra Fox. Yeah. And thanks for joining us, Dan McCoy of the Flophouse, flophousepodcast.com. Thank you for having me. I apologize to the sponsor for wasting <laughs> the time and money that you gave to this endeavor. People like you, Dan. I don't know if you know that. I don't think so. I, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see the statistics on that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, uh, this person, Matt, had definitely uh, had enjoyed our, uh, our pod crawl last year so which i also oh, enjoyed it, by the way i loved uh, your episode from the pod crawl so thank you that was really fun we will have to do another one of those this year i don't know if there's going to be another trilogy as perfect as that one for us to cover but probably uh, not that was that was super fun uh yeah it was nice to revisit something uh a little older a little goofier and that everybody has an opinion on yeah we also totally. did episode one which was it turns out not the worst of the three so that surprised me <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you, I guess. <laughs> I think we got the short end of that stick. It's fun. Well, uh, so everybody, if you haven't yet, go listen to Flophouse. The Flophouse, yeah, Flophouse Dan, what are, you, what are you covering soon? Like, what's, uh, what are your topics um, coming up? Well, we just released an RIPD episode, mm, and wow. I believe that uh, the next episode will be... Um, we had a contest for someone to make a music video for this stupid song that Stuart and his friend put together called He's the House Cat, and we did a bunch of green screen stuff and <laughs> gave it out to the fans to do with As They See Fit, uh-huh. which showed a lot of trust on our behalf. Yeah. Sometimes too much trust. Uh, did, they, but, did they abuse the privilege? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there were, I mean, there's never great, said that about your own fans. <laughs> great videos, and the guy who won got to choose a movie for us to review, so... After RIPD, we will be doing B-A-P-S in our initials series. Yeah, your only acronyms from now on. Yeah, so the Halle Berry film BAPS 
will be coming up soon. BAPS. Oh, I'm not even. I, I I think it stands for uh, Black American Princesses. Oh, um, wait, that's weird. Is the S not a? I, right? I th- yeah, I think that the S does not actually stand for something. It's like a it's just a plural. S. Yeah, just, it, yeah it, okay, so the on IMDb, it's B asterisk A asterisk P, like MASH. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then on the cover of the DVD, it's B dot A dot P dot S no dot. So okay. the annoyingly punctuated BAPS. Yeah, wait, All that's right. confusing, right? Like, it should be it should be a small S yeah, and no Yeah, little period. S, then a period. Yeah. This is, but, this, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the only problem with the movie. So, <laughs> All I know that is that Martin Landau was in it. Perhaps one of his last roles. I'm not... Perhaps his very last role. I'm not sure. But, yeah, um, Halle Berry and Martin Landau. He's not dead. So, there you go. He's not Mar- dead? No, Martin Landau's not dead. Oh. What? <laughs> the, Recently come back from the dead, how? Martin Landau. Then whose corpse did I dig up? <laughs> <laughs> He's 85 and lives in Brooklyn. Oh, wow, I could run into him. Any moment now, yeah, Chris. You should <laughs> probably go over to his house. <laughs> he goes, yeah. Apologize for what you're about to say to about his movie. You yeah, know, he, he's still done some stuff after this, apparently. So it's, it's cool. Okay, good. It's, yeah, although, uh, born in 1928, wow. Good yeah, he year. did a voice for Frankenweenie just recently. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> he's doing all right. Yeah, he seems he's doing all right. Uh, so all that and more, flophousepodcast.com. You can also find Dan at Dank McCoy. One of my favorite Twitter handles. Good job, Dan. Thanks. Also, you're great on Twitter, so great. Uh, anyway, people enjoy that. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Psh.